It is Thursday, May 11th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, fresh off an important schedule release meeting with Roger Goodell. So if you don't like the schedule, just blame J.P. Shadrick. Oh, it is Leak Thursday. Welcome in. There will be no leaks here. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. Yes, I am J.P. Shadrick. We've got a busy hour ahead. It's a lot going on this time of year for the Jaguars, of course. Schedule release tonight. We'll hear from the Jaguars VP of UK Operations, Maria Gigante. Caught up with her today. Jaguars are playing back-to-back games at Wembley and at Tottenham Hotspur in London. Weeks four and five. Those games have been announced. That's not really a leak. Rookie minicamp weekend coming up starting tomorrow. I saw a procession of players walking in with their luggage today. Then we'll go around the National Football League and talk about the games that have been announced already. They've turned a schedule release, Jeff Lagerman, into a week-long event in the NFL. Is it really a week-long event? They, they announced the international games on, well, I guess it's a three-day event. They announced the international games on Tuesday. And then some more games yesterday. And some more this morning. It's amazing, isn't it? And then tonight is the big reveal. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool that the schedule can actually be uh, that newsworthy across the radio dial, the television Everything. I mean, it's it's dominated sports news in today, and I think somewhat to a degree yesterday and the day before, and it's it hasn't even hit a fever pitch yet. Right. Tonight's going to be the uh, is when we're going to find out if the Jaguars get prime time. That I mean, I think that's the one thing that most people are looking for, right? It's been so long on those Sunday night football, Monday night football. The Jags haven't had a Monday night game since 2011. They haven't had a Sunday night game on NBC since 2008. So uh, it's you know is this the time? Is this the quarterback coach combination stars on the team? Do they align enough where they can get some of this? Hey, look, I, I I don't really I'm not concerned about when they play. I mean, it's great for the organization to have exposure and to get national TV games, but the reality is, I you want them to win first. Well, that's the whole point. If you get those games somehow and you lay eggs, you're gonna get them again. Look, you were you were you were nine and eight last year, and you had a magical run at the end. Okay, so, you know, a lot of people are sitting there going, yeah, this was a great team. They should get lots of national coverage. I mean, they're going to get some because they've got a young, exciting quarterback and one hell of a football coach. You know, so that that respect is going to be there. But if if people are expecting, you know, three or four national games, I mean, look, you're you're not there yet. You know, And, and, and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You know, here's here's the one thing I will say. When you get good. Okay, and you start getting some of those games, national games, what's different about them? They're at night. Okay, doesn't that make it a little bit more challenging from a preparation travel standpoint? It can, sure. It can that, change a lot of the things right. leading up to it and uh, the buildup of the day of. the. You know, If it's a Monday night game, your whole schedule's different Look, the week before and after. I'm all for the national games, okay? I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. It's a, it's a great thing because uh, it gets more notoriety for this football team, more exposure to a, a wonderful city that we live in. Those are all great things, okay? But at the end of the day... I knew there was a comma but coming. Uh, no, there's not a but, but at the end of the day, you want your football team to be good, okay? Yeah. And, and uh, look, want them to be good. If they get a couple national games, great. 
You I'm sound you sound almost like John Osher a little bit, who wants every game at one o'clock on Sunday, which happened a few years ago, by the way. I well, personally, as as a player, I always liked if they were home four o'clock. If it's a road game, one o'clock all day long because you're home at an earlier yeah, you, hour. Yeah, you get that. back, you actually can get some rest and, and get recovered and and have a little bit more of a normal schedule for the following week. It's it's when you get on the road. If it's a night game or a late game or West Coast games, I mean, those are obviously a little bit more challenging to get back and recovered and get your body clock and your body recovery clock back in order. Well, I will say this. The the schedule this year, we know the opponents, the home and road opponents, the furthest west the Jaguars travel this year is Houston. Beautiful. That's it's fantastic. Beautiful. It's fantastic. There's no doubt, but there's – Two of them that are going to be to the east that are pretty long ways uh, away. All right. All on one trip. <laughs> and, of course, we're talking about the London games. They were announced I like that. on Tuesday. And it's week four. The Jaguars at Wembley Stadium playing host to the Atlanta Falcons. And then the next week, the Jaguars will stay in the London area. And they will play at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in northeast London against the Buffalo Bills. And what a game that should be. What a week it should be. Activities, shows, everything going on for the Jags faithful in the U.K. and those who come over. It's going to be uh, quite a scene, I think, building up to the Wembley game. That's the Jaguars' home game. that will have the Jaguars feel everything about it. And then the week between the games, um, I'm sure we'll have a pint or two. Well, uh, yeah, or three. Yeah. The, uh, I, th- I, think it's, I think this is brilliance on the league's part as far as how they scheduled this. You have a – a Jaguars home game at Wembley against uh, an opponent that, you know, is still trying to figure out who they are. They made a lot of acquisitions this offseason. A lot of talent yes, they at did. the skill positions, but they still don't have the trigger man, which, okay. okay, if you don't have the trigger man, I don't know how good you can be. And right now the Atlanta Falcons really don't have a trigger man at the quarterback position. But then having the next game be an away game against – the Buffalo Bills, which they were more than willing to give up a home game, I mean, it's that's a marquee matchup. That's a marquee matchup, even though it's not your game, but it's a great way to build more of a following there and also here because it's national TV two weeks in a row. Absolutely. That game's on NFL Network. The uh, Falcons game will be on ESPN+. Plus. They'll be the only games in that window, of course, at 9.30 in the morning each week. And, uh, yeah, I mean, would you rather play the Bills in Orchard Park or would you rather play them in more of a neutral site in London well, and, and be there for a week building up to it and, and not have the late travel and all that? Well, I'm not surprised that it's, that it's two games in a row. We've heard or there were whispers about four years ago that there may be two games yeah. over there. Mm-hmm. And, and nothing was ever substantiated, so we, we just thought, oh, well, maybe that's just that uh, whispers in the wind. We didn't know. But it made sense. I mean, if it was going to be a home and away, at some point, um, and so I, I think it's I think it's great. I mean, it's uh, you're not giving up a home game here, although you're giving up. Um, I think the the opportunity for people to sleep in on a Sunday and and watch the game at a different time. But other than that, I mean. It's an away game against a marquee opponent, and I mean, think it's about it. It's going to be all across the nation. Yeah, and I mean, the way the ja- the hope is the Jaguars are in the playoff mix again. Obviously, in December, this game 
that one game can come down to seeding and a head-to-head matchup Good. against a, a team that's in the mix for the playoffs every year. You want every advantage you can. Uh, look, it's uh, for, for me, that game is all about one of the favorites in the AFC, a great young quarterback in Josh Allen, and then a great young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. I mean, this is – this is this will be one of the I think it will be one of the marquee matchups of the day in the National Football League. When you've got two quarterbacks of that stature facing each other, that's a that's a sales point. You saw the league's release, didn't you? About it was the pre-schedule release that they put out. <laughs> the release about the release. Yeah, yeah. so it was yeah. like you know they had X's in where all, you know all the dates were yeah, going to be about right. the, the anticipated yeah. matchups. That's right. And uh, this one, because they had the marquee quarterback matchups around the league in 2023, to me, this is one of them. It's got to be right this there. This is absolutely one of them. No doubt. Uh, this is Jaguars Happy Hour on 1010XL AM, Jaguars.com. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, glad you're with us. Of course, uh, we're talking about the London games, two of them, week four at Wembley, week five at Spurs. Maria Gigante is the Jaguars VP of UK Operations, a longtime NFL office employee and recently at least a couple years ago has come over to the Jaguars full-time and she is full-time in London leading the charge on the ground in the UK and I caught up with her today to discuss the impact of two games in the London marketplace. We are very excited Um, the announcements yesterday went over really well of course lots of questions about um, the Jaguars commitment what's going on what does two games mean Um, but for us on the ground. It just means more access to the players, uh, more fun things to do for the fans, and just an opportunity to to really take advantage of the back-to-back weeks. Yeah, let, let's go through that a little bit. There's always a little bit of a build-up going into the one game at Wembley. Uh, you know, obviously mm-hmm. now with the, the week between the two games, there's an opportunity to for our shows, happy hour, drive time, all those things to maybe go out on location. Uh, what else is in the hopper? I mean, or is it too early to tell what kind of fan experiences you might have well i think it is too early to to really talk about what we will be doing i think some of the things we want to do is is what you just mentioned is to bring all that authenticity the the drive time shows and all the programming that we do in jacksonville to the uk so um we did some scouting of some pubs for you last uh last couple of weeks so looking for a, a location to do all that but really get out in the community, um, you know, take the opportunities that we would have had in Jacksonville with the players day off and, and bring them out to the community to meet the fans and to do some of our grassroots work that we feel um, really is the identity of, of, of the Jaguars here. It's the grassroots activity and everything we're trying to do to build the game. Maria Gigante is with us, formerly of the National Football League. You were involved in the league side of this for a long time. So from a personal perspective... How has it been from a from working for a team side now after being with the league for so many years? It's very different. Um, I, I personally enjoy this side of the business a lot better, um, but it's great to to be part of the first game in 2007 and then to see how everything has evolved that you now have a team owning a game and, and operating it here in the UK is just tremendous. And you know, I'm so happy to be a part of it and uh, love to have seen the, you know, the Jags progression and everything that the team has been able to do. And now leading that is is really special. 
Maria, you, you touched on it there, and you said it. Last season was the first time the Jaguars owned the game. They ran everything, mm -hmm. and you were obviously at the forefront of that. So how has that helped you streamline the process this time around, going into year two of owning the game at Wembley? Well, we, we certainly um, had a lot of learnings last year, um, but coming in, you know, the second time around, we have great partners at Wembley that have really supported us through the journey. So it is, it is a bit smoother. We know where we want to stay. We know where we want to practice. We've got the, the charter sorted out. So now it's really focusing on all the other good stuff that we can do. So all the exciting fans, um, fan engagement opportunities, events, and, and the stuff that we really didn't focus on last year because we were so committed to just putting on a great game for the team, but for the fans as well. You know, Maria, I don't know if our fans know you that well. I mean, you're relatively new to our organization, and, and we get there one time a year. So, and we, we touched on it a minute ago. You, you've worked at the league for a long time before. How long were you with the NFL, and, and how did you begin? <laughs> Well, I started with the NFL in December 1993, and my journey started in what they used to call a fishbowl, and I was a receptionist and just kind of worked my way through the league organization, started working with the VP of consumer products at the time who allowed me to go to Super Bowl and do smaller events at Super Bowl. And then I started taking on a lot of the international um, games. So the games we used to play in, the league played in Tokyo, in Mexico City, um, got involved with Europe League, and really then took on the, the international part of the business, moved over to the UK uh, in 2014, and have been here ever since. Um, was lucky enough to be asked to join the Jags after the game in 2021 um, and it's been a great journey ever since tell us about the staff on the ground for the Jaguars in the UK around you it is getting deeper and deeper and it is a talented group that gets a lot done yeah so we are a small but mighty team uh, um, but there's seven of us here in Jacksonville um, we cover everything from ticketing marketing promotion PR all of our social social channels um, we do it all and we, you know, we work very closely with our counterparts in Jacksonville. So we have weekly calls with the PR team with Amanda and John. Uh, I talk to football every Tuesday. We have our, our Tuesday chat just to go over everything that's going on for the game, but then everything that goes on for the season, because there's always, there's always stuff going on in, in the UK. So the perception is it's just one game, but it's really not. It's it's a true business, 365 days a year. We have programs that activate every day. We're in the community. We're doing different things. So it's it's really an interactive process, but you know, it it's it is a small team, but we're growing and and I think that we have uh, you know a really talented bunch here. That's Maria Gigante, the Jaguars VP of UK Operations, discussing the uh, the staff and everything that happens in the UK year-round. They have, as she said, their staff of uh, nearly 10 now that are there full-time in London and getting things done. Really cool. Yeah, and uh, what what's pretty amazing is that the Jaguars took over the game day operations themselves. Everything. And which is a huge undertaking. And obviously it's a partnership with Wembley, but – the job that they did compared to what was done before, first of all, they did a tremendous job. But what I loved about how the takeover, you know, what changed was, remember before it was kind of, 
the Jaguars in one end zone, the other team in the other end zone. Because it was a neutral site. It's the Jaguars' home game, so why are we putting the other team's logo in the other end zone? It's, <laughs> that's not supposed to work. And so this past year it became, I mean, just Jaguars. And that's the way it should be. And, it, you know, it helped a little bit, too. It's the only game at Wembley. All the other games are now at Spurs, so it can be you can paint the field and do things Jaguars' right. ways and permanently. I, I love that you get so irritated about the field paint. Heck yeah, you've been irritated it's about the home, field paint. It's the home game for, forever. And was something wrong with that? No, I'm just uh, you. I remember this argument. Like, uh, what game was this? Is probably well, seven uh, years ago. Well, JP, I, I can tell we you, we were sitting in London on I, the pregame show, and you were telling me about. How you didn't like the paint on the field? That why is there an NFL logo? That's it's right. A should be a Jaguar game. cat head. Actually, why is there an NFL logo? Oh come on! This now. should be a Jaguar game. Look, you're yeah. from Alabama. That's kind of what you're, it sounded like. Your accent is worse. I can I can tell you this though, that I was not the only one that was a little upset by the field paint. Okay, back in the day, because what happened once the Jaguars team took over? What do you mean? Well, they didn't have the other team's logo painted well, in the end zone out of out of their gratefulness for the opponent. Right. But there were also three games at Wembley in a row. I don't That's care. That's the point. Bring in some new sod. Yeah, that's not how it works there. That's how we yeah. just You don't think they can do it there? We can do it here? Yeah, we can do it here. We don't have the same kind of feel as they have. Oh, goodness. It's a long JP, story. We'll come JP, back. Long, we can talk about this the, all The night. short story version is, is that I was not the only one that was upset about the field paint back in yeah. the day well, because that was one of the first things that changed when the Jaguars took control of the game yeah. over. Also, it's the only game there now. That's why, too. Oh, that's the, anyway, no. we're back in a Cathead, JP. I love the Cathead. Teal in the I'm wearing. Zones. I'm the only one on this show wearing the Cathead right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you see that? I have it on my – it's actually – Oh, yeah, you're actually – This is a Jaguar issue shirt, by the way. You're permanently wearing it. Yeah. Uh, we're back in a moment. We've got rookie minicamp coming up tomorrow. Of course, the Jags are excited to take the field this fall, and we want you here for all the action. For as low as 57 bucks per game, you can join the ranks of the most dedicated fans and become a Jag season ticket member. Find your perfect seats at jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. Rookie minicamp tomorrow and Saturday. A preview next on Jaguars Happy Hour. We're back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour Thursday afternoon. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, schedule leak day. Why do you call it leak day? Look, well, there are some games that are being uh, actually announced by the league. Yeah, I mean, oh, that sounds like a leak. That's an issue. <laughs> Hopefully, that's the only leak on this show. Uh, but there will be. There's all these people like trying to leak games out on Twitter and stuff, and they have, might have intel. And some of them are might be right, some of them might be wrong. But you, uh, well, trust we'll find out tonight at eight o'clock on yeah. NFL Network. I don't know if I'd call them leaks, but uh, the, the a lot of people have kind of figured out. <laughs> Thank you. Some people have, are are guessing. Yeah, you know, I mean, throw enough mud at the wall, some of it's going to stick. Yeah, you know, and plus, you know what the schedule is as far as who you're. Home opponents are who your away opponents are. 
So, I mean, there's a, a way to kind of once if one game ends up getting released, then some people are figuring out, well, if that's going to happen, yeah, they wouldn't play then something this else is going to happen. So, yeah, it's, but, you know. All right, we'll come in just a little bit. We'll Most get... people aren't like me and you and are, like, glued to the news to find out what the leak is. Most people are like, oh, well, I'll find out tonight when the schedule comes out. <laughs> There's a lot of leaks going on in this show today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that's coming from. <laughs> Uh, we'll get to the games hey, look, that have look, been. That's, that's so worse than field paint, Joe. <laughs> There's not much worse than field paint, but we might have found something. Uh, we'll get to the games that have been officially announced by the league coming up in just a little bit. Uh, the rest of the schedule coming up tonight. Rookie minicamp weekend is here. I w- was walking through the hallway earlier today, Logs, and I looked through the, uh, the walkway out through the door. And there's a line of rookies that just showed up with their bags like they were coming in to, to boot camp or something. I mean, yeah. it's like they're going to sit down and get their hair buzzed off right after. It's like they've showed up to um, to, get, to get it done this weekend, right? So everybody's getting checked in and ready to go for tomorrow and Saturday. Yeah, literally off the bus. I mean, the guys are carrying yeah. what you're talking about, uh, bags, because some of these guys are not going home after this weekend. Uh you know, for example, there's a lot of guys that are in here for the rookie weekend. I think that are on a tryout basis. There's okay? a lot. I, I heard there's a total of close to four, like 38 or nine players that'll be on the field this weekend. You can tell, I think, the what the what category the rookie is in based on how big and how many bags he has. <laughs> you know, the ones that are here on a tryout basis probably have like a little small duffel bag. You know, the draft picks, for example, uh, I was walking in the door and I could see that uh, the last pick that the Jaguars had, Derek Parrish from Houston, the fullback slash outside linebacker, he had a Nebraska bag that was probably about, you know, four foot long, you know, and big around as a big log, you know, as, as big as you can make your arms be. And then he had another bag too. I mean, so, I mean, these guys are planning once the minicamp concludes, then they're here for the offseason program. And so they need stuff. You know, a lot of them aren't going to have a, an opportunity to go home until they catch a break at some point. So last week, Logs, we went through the first five rounds worth of draft selections for the Jaguars, broke them down. You've been looking at film, digging yeah. deep, deep diving, if you will, uh, taking hey, a I look we, at I thought we put a, these players. I thought we put that, that term to bed. Well, I just brought it back out. I woke it up again. Thought we agreed that that was not going to be used ever again. <laughs> so today we'll dig through the sixth and seventh round picks. They'll be on the field, of course, this weekend, Friday and Saturday. Uh, let's go through your evaluation, yeah. if you will, of the sixth round picks, starting with wide receiver Parker Washington, Penn State. You know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Christian Kirk. Doesn't have that real high end speed like Christian Kirk, but real crafty. Um, uh, doesn't have phenomenal speed like Christian Kirk because Christian Kirk I think can be a burner at times but he's a shorter guy but he's thick you know and uh, he, he plays the game a little differently than break, a wide receiver can break tackles exactly. not afraid of contact exactly so I, I really like him and uh, uh, I thought he was a really good pick for the spot that he was picked at later in the sixth round Rutgers defensive back Christian Braswell actually two in a row here Eric Hallett from Pittsburgh as well maybe different styles for Braswell and Hallett yeah and uh, I'll start with with Braswell from Rutgers and uh, a really good speed my notes that I wrote down really good really good speed he's a, a very willing physical player but at times he's not a great tackler 
and that's something that he's got to improve on. But he's got the speed, which you got to have that if you're going to play that position, and he's got the hips. The hips can flip and move. He's fluid, athletic. So, uh, you know, I think that there's an opportunity there for some growth. I mean, typically when you're taking a cornerback in round six, you're hoping that he can develop. And he's a guy that can, I think, be developed. But uh, the physical aspect and the better tackling need to come through with him. Uh, Hallett from Pittsburgh, uh, not quite as big as uh, Braswell when, as far as height-wise. Plays very under control. And you like that aspect of him, but he's not extremely fluid at times. But uh, And he's a safety. You know, there's, I think, been some conversation that – He's a guy that can maybe play defensive back, which is kind of a mix of safety and, and also maybe nickel or maybe some corner, but he's a safety. And he's not a real big guy. He's a five foot nine safety. You know, typically you see safeties that are a little bit bigger than that, but I like the, the way that he plays the game. What is it? Was it Shakira that said hips don't lie? Yeah, I think it was. Well, look, if Shakira. you're going to play defensive back, you get, you got to have really what they call fluid hips yeah. because uh, if you can't change direction in an athletic way, then you're a step behind every time the hips get turned one way. And the hips sometimes will get turned three times in one round. And so the one thing that you always look for is how they end up flipping those hips. you know. And then we move on to the seventh round. Hey, we got a local guy. Let's move forward to the seventh round in the 2023 NFL Draft from right up the road in Baker County and went to Appalachian State offensive lineman Cooper Hodges. He just looks like an offensive lineman in his photograph, right? I mean, long hair, beard. Yeah, kinda... but he's a big dude. Yeah? I mean, he's a big, big dude. Yeah, he actually runs well, athletic. Um, when I say athletic, uh, looks athletic when he's running. He's got uh, – I wish he was a little bit more athletic, but he's got the power. And I don't know where he's going to play at. I think he's probably better suited to guard, where I think he's going to be a, a more of a mauler. But he's incredibly strong. Uh, watched him do his bench press reps because they film everything at oh, Appalachian yeah. State. Yeah. And he got like 29 reps on at 225 pounds. I mean, he's just he's built. He's just big and he's broad, um, physical guy. It's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. I think it's going to be guard, but you know, you'd have to protect him a little bit at tackle. When I was watching the film, though, the other thing that really kind of stood out, watching the other tackle, which was a free agent, undrafted free agent that went to Kansas City. Hardy was his name. He's a good football player, too. Now, Appalachian State had two really good tackles. Two really good tackles. Later in the seventh round, out of North Carolina, Raymond Vahasek, defensive tackle. Yeah, he's uh, one of those guys that's got a good motor. He's got strength. He can take the double team. Sometimes he gets a little high when he gets his lockout. But he's got good hands, and he's got really good closing speed. I mean, I'm talking, bow, he's there. You know, once he gets off a block – from me to Joe, you know, which is five, five and a half yards. Did you just say bow or pow? What do you mean? Bow or pow? What was that sound effect you just made? Pow. I thought you said bow. Pow. With a B. Pow. <laughs> That's the Alabama. I was, it's, pow. Yeah. P. Pow. That. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Pow. Thank pow. You. He's right over there to Joe. But he's got great closing speeds. He's got size. And uh, he's a – He's a defensive tackle from the standpoint that he's going to be playing a, a zero, a one, or a shade two. So, in other words, he's he's on the in, head up to the guard, 
to head up to the other guard. He's that's his that's his area, and uh, pow. But he plays with a good motor. Pow. He's over there, pow. Joe. He's over there. I like that. Uh, and then we go to Houston. Love them. And they're going to put him in the running back room as a fullback, Derek Parrish, but he also uh, stood out as a defensive line. I don't know about That's putting him in there said. at fullback. That's I what don't know. Hey, Doug Peterson said it. I'm just telling you what he said. I, You know, hey. Well, first of all, the guy's built like a Greek god, okay? Um, the guy could uh, – the guy's like, you know, got muscles coming out everywhere. But he is a very good athlete. He's not just some guy that uh, looks the part. I mean, he's athletic. He's fast. He's got a great motor, plays hard. You know, the level of competition at Houston, not as good, obviously, as some other programs. But what I like about him is that he makes plays. And here's the reality. How many guys are going to come in as a seventh-round draft pick outside linebacker, are going to come in and make a football team on day one as an outside linebacker on this football team? Mm. I mean, it's tough. You know, it, it's going to be tough. Now, they've termed him a fullback yes. because at his pro day, he decided to work out as a fullback and as a linebacker, et cetera. Well, he did play some fullback about two or three years ago. Some, like three snaps. Correct. Yeah, it wasn't very many snaps. But I give him credit because he wants to just make a team, and he wanted to give himself value by, by showing that he could be a multidimensional player. Now, when you look at the – Baltimore Ravens, okay, they have one of those guys. And I'm trying to remember his name. He plays fullback, Patrick. Um, he plays fullback. He plays defensive tackle. He plays special teams. I mean, that's kind of what I envision uh, Derek Parrish's. Oh, uh, Patrick Ricard. Ricard. And so Ricard's one of those kind of utility knife, jack-of-all-trades yeah. guy that can do multiple things. But most importantly, Parrish has the speed, the strength, and the want to to play special teams, which I would not put the label of fullback on him. I would put the label as football player for his position because he's going to play a lot of different roles, I think. I like that. Um, there's not many offenses in the league anymore that have a fullback. Right? No, and, and how many times have you ever seen – Doug Peterson use a fullback. But it's something they said, hey, we were looking at the stuff from the last year. Maybe it's something we can experiment with moving ahead. Maybe. You never know. Maybe. And they've, but got, they've got tight ends now. At least Brenton Strange has lined up in that spot before in college. We'll see what he can do. But they've got some ideas maybe. Well, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to end up utilizing him. But here's the reality. The offense is not going to be built around a seventh-round draft pick fullback. They're not going to just all of a sudden invent a new offense to have a fullback in it. Offset eye. Let's run to the yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, this is not no. going to be a downhill, bloody your nose, okay, three yards and a cloud of dust offense, which I've had many people point out that, hey, look, if you just run the ball three times, okay, that's 12 yards. That's a first down. All you need is 3.3 <laughs> yards per the first three downs, and you got it. Lawrence. Yeah, I, I know. But um, – but yeah. you know when you when you get into that sixth and seventh round, in reality, the grades of those guys in the sixth and seventh round are not all that different than some of your free agents that you get. That's the reality. It's Jaguars happy hour, ten ten XL, Jaguars dot com, JP Shadrick, Jeff Logman. Speaking of undrafted free agents, there are a few that you mm -hmm. uh, you know, you've looked at most all of them on tape. There are a few that kind of stood out for you, right? Yeah, I'll just you know, I'll mention a few of them here. Yep. Uh, Elijah Cooks, 
from uh, San Jose State, and before that he was at uh, Nevada. So you know, just like with the NIL things, I mean, guys are changing schools mm-hmm. like they change underwear from year to year. Mm-hmm. But what I like about Elijah Cooks, this is a big dude, big target, red zone guy. You know, the Jaguars don't really have that big red zone wide receiver target. I think he could uh, have a chance at being something like that down the road. I like the way he plays the game. He's got great catch radius, got pretty good speed for a big, long guy. Um, can uh, do a really good job with the contested balls just because he's so tall. But I like him. I think he's got a chance. Um, another guy that I really like, Samuel Jackson from Central Florida. Big dude. I mean, massive. 330 pounds and just a monster of a man. And when you watch him line up, he's so much bigger than everybody next to him on the line. He really stands out. And um, he does a good job of moving athletically for a 330-pound guy. So I think this is a guy that's got a chance. And offensive linemen, sometimes it takes them a year or two, sometimes three years to develop. I think this is a guy that's got enough athleticism and definitely has the size that given some time that you hope that he develops. Another one, Jare Jenkins. Wide receiver. A lot of people probably know him, right? LSU, sure. And what I love about him is that he reminds me a little of kind of a college version of Michael Irvin. You know, did Michael Irvin have the best speed? Mm. Not really. Did Michael Irvin have the greatest after-the-catch moves? No. But what made Michael Irvin so great was he was just a great competitor. And he owned the ball when it was in the air. And I'm not saying that you know, a lot of people don't take this the wrong way. I'm not saying Jarek Jenkins is going to be Michael Irvin. But what I love about him is how competitive he is. When I say how competitive he is, is that he competes on every play, does a good job with the contestant balls, but he competes on special teams. I mean, this guy plays special teams, JP, like it matters. And how many times do you find guys at LSU that's a wide receiver that embraces the role of special teams at LSU? You don't find that. There's some places that make that such an emphasis that they'll put a starting player as gunners, but not every place does that, that's for sure. Uh, We're back in a moment, and we'll get into some of the leaks. Some leaks have been going on. Thanks. The uh, NFL has announced some of the games. We'll get to those coming up. Calling all Jags fans, elevate your game day experience with Vine 04 Napa Valley, the official wine club of the Jags. Sip on handcrafted Napa Valley wines and show your team pride with every pour. Visit vine04.com to sign up and receive three or six premium Napa Valley wine bottles twice a year and exclusive access to private events and complimentary tastings. Join the Vine 04 club today and toast to the Jags legacy with every sip. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. It is Thursday. It is schedule release day in the NFL. It is the rookie minicamp eve. I'm J.P. Shadrick. That's Jeff Lagerman. Brent Reber's on the video. Joe Fortunato on the audio. Our thanks to Maria Gigante. Full interview going up, I believe, tomorrow on Jaguars.com with Maria. The the leader of the pack in the U.K. She runs the show for the Jaguars on the ground uh, day after day there, doing a great job. And they'll have the team on the ground for about 10 days in the U.K., back-to-back weeks this year. And, uh, yeah, good to catch up with Maria. But that team on the ground is year-round. 
that team is on the ground year round. The Jaguars <laughs> football team will be on the ground there for 10 days. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. The clarification. Don't want people to get the impression, oh, they work 10 days and that's all they We've do. We've got some big leaks. Big, big leaks. That's a small leak. However, there are some games that have been announced. Thank you. By the NFL. Already ahead of the full announcement tonight, 8 o'clock, NFL Network. The league has announced some key games on some of the big days ahead of tonight's release. The season kickoff game Thursday of week one, Lions at Chiefs. The Lions getting that big primetime window with all the moves they've made the last couple of years in the draft. That'll be a big a little surprising moment for them. We'll yeah, see. I mean, it's a little surprising that it's, that it's the Lions, but, uh, but, but good for them. Monday Night Football Week 1, Bills at Jets. Aaron Rodgers' debut at September 11th as well. I got a feeling that that whole Aaron Rodgers in New York thing is going to backfire. Well, it's going to backfire dramatically in a lot of primetime games, most likely. Yep. <laughs> the Cowboys of the Niners on Sunday Night Football Week 5. That's in Santa Clara, the old rivalry there. Of course, we know about the international games, Falcons, Jags, Jags, Bills, Ravens, Titans in London. And then week nine, the Chiefs and the Dolphins in Frankfurt. And week 10, the Colts and the Patriots in Frankfurt. The, uh, I remember when I was doing NFL Europe, which was a long time ago. But the, what year would that have been? I'm try, um, 99, 2000. Okay. And the the fo- I won't tell you what grade I was in high school. But go you, ahead. Yeah, you were you weren't even in high school. I probably. was in high school. Okay. Mm-hmm. The uh, the following that Frankfurt had over there in NFL Europe was incredible. All right, they they traveled to all the other um, European cities to watch their team play. The uh, atmosphere at their games was unbelievable. And that was always, always one of the, the more fanatic fan bases that there was in NFL, NFL Europe at that time. And so I, it's no surprise to me that there's a great following in Germany for NFL football. They put on a show last year in Munich, and they're going to alternate cities as the years go. And they're getting an extra game this year in Germany because the, city, the Mexico City Stadium is under renovation the World Cup coming up. So uh, they'll get the Mexico game back and most likely go to a, one German game. I did a game, uh, did one game in Berlin, and then Frankfurt the, the was Thunder, the visiting right? team. I don't remember. Berlin what. Thunder, man. Come okay. Yeah. Um, and when Frankfurt – Frankfurt Galaxy. Frankfurt, they traveled. I mean, the, the fans rolled up in buses and <laughs> uh, were, were loud and boisterous. I mean, it was, it was pretty impressive. Some more games that have been – not leaked, but announced by the NFL. Black Friday, first ever time the Jags will play on the – or not the Jags, excuse me. The NFL shh, will play. Shh, JP, shh. That's not a leak, by the way. It's you the sure Dolphins. that's not a leak? It's the Dolphins and the Jets, unless there's a three-team <laughs> game somehow. No, it's the Dolphins at the Jets on Black Friday, first time the league will play the day after Thanksgiving. Hmm. Including, of course, the triple header on Thanksgiving. Those have not been announced yet. Aaron Rodgers is uh, getting top billing mm-hmm. with the New York football Jets. Uh, week 13, the Niners at the Eagles at 425. There is a Christmas Day triple header on Monday. Two of those games have been announced. Raiders at Chiefs at 1 o'clock. Giants at Eagles at 430. And then a primetime game that has not been announced yet. 
And then Bengals Chiefs on New Year's Eve at 425. How about that matchup? Nice. Yeah, that's a good one. If everybody's healthy. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, you just – and and all of this is set up with the premise that the teams that were good last year are going to be good this year, a lot of what you're talking about there. And so you hope that these matchups are as attractive – when we get to the point where the games are being played as we're talking about them right now. Right, and there are flexible options for the networks as well on some of these primetime games. What happens if the Jets stink? Are not good. It's probably worth watching anyway. And if Aaron Rodgers gets – I mean, I'm not wishing this at all, but what if he gets hurt? I mean – That changes a lot. I mean, it it could change a lot. But New York is a big market, and when you put a a big – personality in a big market that's you know hall of fame caliber player it's going to make it interesting so the full schedule tonight eight o'clock nfl network and uh, be sure to check out the jaguars social media channels around that time uh, the release is going to be quite interesting i'm locked in on twitter right now you sh- i know you are you always are i am no I, I follow the jaguars you're, on twitter you're a big twitter guy i follow i'm, I'm a a lurk kind of person I, I follow the jaguars on twitter though jp i don't follow you you don't follow me no i don't no, did I you mean, did you ever follow me or did you just unfollow no me? i followed you but i don't follow you anymore you unfollow yeah that's probably better for you yeah it is it's better for me too yeah it's, it's just you know by the time you know if i have to follow you all week by the time i get here i'm just like i'm tired of looking at this guy so i had to unfollow that's, you now, just to make now, thursday a little bit more palatable that is impossible to be tired of looking at this guy. <laughs> We're back in a moment. We'll go around the NFL, and whether you want to entertain your Have closest you looked in a mirror lately? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to entertain your closest friends, build your network and treat your employees to a memorable game day experience. There are premium seating options at the bank that fit every need. Call 904-633-2000. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Trevor is a, uh, a rising star. You know, the late wins against Baltimore, against Dallas. You know, we were doing the playoff game against the Chargers on Sky Sports. The way he was marching up and down the sidelines, like, get me that ball back. Get me that ball back and we're going to win this game. He looked special. He is special. And um, I think more and more people are starting to realize that over here. And it's that just this is a quarterback-driven league. Um, the Jags have done a great job selling themselves in the UK uh, with their flag football program, some of the, pro- the school visits, uh, things that we've been doing with stage shows and events. But Trevor Lawrence is a great selling point now. The quarterback is going to accelerate this uh, and create more and more fans for the Jags. So it's very exciting time. That's Neil Reynolds of Sky Sports in the United Kingdom. The full conversation coming up tomorrow, Jaguars.com and the official Jaguars Podcast Network. If you're watching us, it's Jaguars Happy Hour. If you're watching us on uh, Jaguars Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Jaguars.com, it's a live look outside at the Miller Electric Center. Oh, boy. It's going to be open for business uh, in July for training camp, the Jaguars are scheduled to get the keys July 1 and move in and be ready by the end of July to start practicing on those fields. Yeah, they're, they're rolling now. I mean, it's been tremendous pro- progress on that, and there's a lot of people that are working a lot of hours to make it happen. There's no doubt. Can't wait to see it.
I, I walked through it well, probably two months ago mm-hmm. now, and you could tell the rooms were starting to come together. There's still a lot to be done, but I'm sure now it's close to the finishing touches in a lot of places, a lot of areas, and it's going to come down to the last uh, few days most likely, yeah. but they're going to get it done, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, whew, that's a lot of work <laughs> in a short amount of time, if you think about it. I mean, that's that's a lot. Think about the – the training camp experience for fans now. It's going to be awesome, man. Oh. Covered seats out there. You've got restroom facilities. you got the, the shops underneath, the, everything. It's awesome. I think, I think it was brilliant how they ended up doing the stands to where the stands are facing the fields, and so the southerly direction is at their backs with a roof over the head. I mean, so, I mean, talk about making sure that – it's comfortable for the people to actually sit and watch a practice from the from the stands, and that's uh, it's awesome. And the orientation of the building, the way it faces out over the fields, and then with the indoor complex to the north, kind of getting to be a visual barrier to the road and the road noise. I mean, it uh, a lot of thought went into that whole process and the planning process of it. There's no better time to become a Daily's Place Blue member than right now. Reserve your 2023 premium seat membership or individual luxury experience today and enjoy guaranteed seats in the best locations at Daily's. Premium parking, a VIP entrance, a club access, and so much more. Email ticketing at boldevents.com or call 904-633-2000. We're talking about the Miller Electric Center, of course, and now Daily's Place and we see what's going on across the street, the the dirt being moved for the shipyards. There's a lot of stuff going on around here. And uh, and the commitment that the Jaguars have to this area and this community. And we're just looking forward to seeing that build over time moving ahead for sure. Jaguars happy hour, J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman. Um, let's take a look around the NFL. I'm ready. The what, pe- do you, what do you got? You ready? The big. Are you ready? The big. I'm ready for the big. Are you ready? I'm ready for the big. You're now ready. I'm now ready. The Patriots are set to honor Tom Brady at their home opener, the date announced tonight at 8 o'clock, of course. They'll let the fans of New England thank him for the service for over 20 years, said their owner, Mr. Kraft. Six Super Bowl wins, 17 division titles in New England for Brady. It's his second return to Foxborough since leaving the Patriots after 2019. Now, you would think this means that this retirement is final. I don't believe it. You don't? Nope. So this no, is going to honor him and he's going to play for another team? I mean, I think he could, yes. I mean, who does anybody know what Tom Brady has been doing with his time? No, I haven't texted him lately. I need to get back on that. No. I, I, the, rea- the reality is that he can still play quarterback, and he's still a highly competitive guy. And there's teams out there that could use a quarterback. I I'm not saying that he's going to play again. I'm not trying to be funny here. I, I still think he can play. Could he play? I mean, look, if, if something happened to the San Francisco 49ers where all of a sudden Brock Purdy is not ready to go, don't you think that they would be making a phone call to Tom Brady? And don't you think that Tom Brady could lead a San Francisco football team that has a tremendous defense with tremendous weapons on offense – don't you think that he could lead them deep into the playoffs? I'm not saying he'd win a Super Bowl. But, I mean, he'd have he'd have a really strong chance of great success. So you're saying to me you don't think Tom Brady's been on the couch eating Cheetos and putting away the TB12 method book. 
<laughs> he just like went rogue all of a sudden. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I don't know what he's doing, but I can tell you this: if the guy wants, if the if the dude wants to play, he's the goat. Okay, and he can still play. And no offense to Cheetos. I love Cheetos, obviously. The uh, former Raiders receiver Henry Ruggs III pleaded guilty Wednesday in the 2021 drunken driving crash that killed a Las Vegas woman. He's 24 years old, and he faces 3 to 10 years in state prison. The sentencing is August 9th. He's under house arrest wow. until then. Packers quarterback number one, Jordan Love, said he's grateful for the time backing up Aaron Rodgers. But the hardest time, he said, was when Rodgers signed his new contract back in March of 2022. He thought, well, now what? Where do we go from here? But his patience, Logs, has paid off. He's the QB1 in Green Bay. Well, and he's, he's got a lot to prove. I mean, it's, uh, it's not easy to follow in the footsteps of a Brett Favre and an Aaron Rodgers because that's what the fan base in Green Bay and, and the Green Bay's fan base around the world has been used to. So he's, he's, got, a, he's got a tough, uh, tough job. And hopefully he, he can do a good job. Hopefully he can show that he's going to be a, you know, a decent quarterback in the National Football League. But it's, it's mighty hard to live up to the expectations that have been set over the last 20 years, 20-plus 20 years. Yeah, it's, it's been longer than that. Uh, that's it for the news around the league. Most of the news around the league is around the schedule release tonight, 8 o'clock NFL Network. You'll get the entire Jaguars schedule then announced as well. Jaguars Twitter. What about it? That's where I'll be. I'll be okay. You'll be watching the Twitter. release. Okay, yeah, with it? and Twitter. You should check it out. I'm gonna have both on. I'm gonna have, have it the all up. NFL Network on, and then I'm gonna have Twitter app. I'll have my phone plugged in to make sure it's got plenty of juice. Are you gonna be up in time for rookie minicamp tomorrow? Uh, no, uh, my uh, son actually is graduating from college oh, this that, weekend, wow, so that's I will I will be attending that. That's Fairly important. Yeah, a little bit more important than rookie minicamp. Okay, well, there you go. We'll report everything back to Let you. Let me know. I'll follow you on Twitter. I'll, yeah. oh, I'll you're going to follow me I'll again. I'll refollow you again. Lucky me. <laughs> Great. Wow. So make sure you keep me updated. Just what I need. Have a good weekend. Enjoy. Thank you. I, I am looking forward to it. That's Jeff Lagerman. I'm J.P. Shadrick. And thanks to Brent Reber and Joe Fortunato and Maria Gigante and Neil Reynolds for joining us as well. Thanks to you for listening. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.